MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. the Lombardi line as we welcome you back. Hour two here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VSIN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi, of course, there in Jersey. Okay, a couple of things NFL wise to get started. Steph just sent over a note. So, what, what's going on here? Lamar Jackson negotiating a contract without an agent? What's the story here? Well, you know, when he came out in the draft, he didn't have an agent. And a lot of people think it, it affected him because he went, what, 32nd pick overall in the draft. I don't think that was the case. You know, I, I think there is some element that, you know, he probably could have used, you know, some PR. I mean, look at, look at the great Lee Steinberg, what he was able to do with Tua. Injury prone, can't throw the ball down the field, but yet he had everybody convinced he wasn't injury prone. I mean, this is what agents do. They, 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 they pretend and they take the narrative away from what the, the real story is. It happens all the time. And that's some of the marketing skills that an agent gives you. When it comes to the contract, when it comes to the contract, rookie contracts are all scaled. It's all pretty much standardized. Now, there could be a situation where some of the offset language gets negotiated and debated. That's usually handled pretty easily, especially if you're picked past the 15th pick of the first round. When you get to the second contract, now it's easy to slot you. Are you better than Patrick Mahomes? No. Are you better than Deshaun Watson? Well, you've won more games and you've been MVP of the league, so there's certainly an argument. Are you better than Dak Prescott? You've been MVP of the league. Clearly you are. So what's my price range? Is it 42? Is it 43? Is it 44? It can't be 45. I'm not better. But I should get as close as I can. So he's going to allow his mother to handle it. And what I suggested on the podcast was that if I were the Ravens, I would say, look, Lamar, this really isn't a smart choice for you. Go out and hire an agent. We'll pay for it. You go ahead. Go hire an attorney. Have someone represent you legally in this negotiation. And then someone te- te- text me and-, and told me that's illegal. You can't do that in the state of Maryland because there's some kind of rule. I don't know if this is one of Josh, Josh Applebaum's switch from contrarian <laughs> to non I don't know. But it's uh, there's a rule, okay? And you can't do that. So I think it's really, I think what I was trying to make the point on my podcast was simply this. If I'm in the Ravens' shoes, I'm encouraging the mother to get representation. I don't want to do this contract 
in without her having some representation in some fashion, whether it's a legal advice that she can go back to, someone who understands the sports field. Because I'm going to need help in the negotiation to make sense of what we're trying to talk about. Not that she won't understand it. Make sense in the fact that player Y is this, player X is that. Here's what we need to do. Now, if I were him and his mother, I would push back and say it's all its all a formula. Like you said, the salaries are slotted, and then it becomes about comping, right? Wouldn't they just look at the other quarterbacks and say this is what we think we're worth and we don't want to give 10% of this up? I, I agreed with that, right? But, you know, you may want to be able to uh, – you need to make sure the language is buttoned up. You know, like Deshaun Watson's language in his contract is standard, but he's going to forfeit two years of money, and he's going to have to pay back money because even if he's – because a he's missing missing time, and he's violated con- the conduct per- the personal conduct. He he's violated that in some fashion. He's going to have to. He's taken away the language in the contract of the guarantees. He's voided it by his behavior. So I think to me, you need representation on the language, on the wording, on the interpretations. You know, I mean, this is how lawyers make their living. I mean, I'm reading a book about the Jack Ruby trial right now. You know, Lee Harvey Oswald's walking out of a Dallas courtroom and Jack Ruby steps up and America sees him shoot it. But that doesn't stop, uh, you know, Marvin Belli from defending him and changing the words and changing. the. I mean, this is what they do. This is how they do things, and this is how it all works. I think you need that. He, Lamar Jackson's going to need some of that to understand the verbiage and what it all means. The total is set 11. His odds to win the MVP, which he's done, 14 to 1. Odds to win the AFC for the Ravens sitting at 750. We'll come back to Michael here in about 15 seconds. Odds to win the one seed, 400, plus 400, so 4 to 1. Win the NFC, AFC North, pardon me, so they're your favorites at plus 115. But again, Lamar Jackson working on that new contract, Sands and Agent. It's Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Lombardi line. I'm Patrick Maher. He is Michael Lombardi. This is Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. Okay, I know you talked about this on the podcast GM Shuffle, which is hilarious. The Tom Brady quote, if we can get into it here on the Lombardi <laughs> line. So again, regarding his foray into free agency in 2020, he said about an unnamed NFL franchise, one of the teams they weren't interested at the very end. And I was thinking. You're sticking with that MFR, Brady said on HBO's The Shop. Now, The Shop, for people that don't know, is LeBron's, and it's it's set up for athletes to feel loose and kind of shoot from the hip like you would in a barber shop. So I just want your reaction. For, I I know who your team, who you think the team was. Go ahead. Right. I thought it was Miami, and and the reason is I think you have to follow Brady's rationale. He was dealing with people that he knows. And Brian Flores in Miami, he knows. So I thought it could be Miami because you're really going to stick with Ryan Fitz. You know, that, that, that you could finish that sentence, right? And then I was told it was Tennessee, which makes sense too, because John Robinson was in New England with Brady. They know each other. And then I'm sure in New England, and look, Tennessee takes every one of New England's ex-players from Malcolm Butler, Deion Lewis, yeah. to go through them all, right? I mean, Guskowski. I mean, John Robinson's going to take anybody from New England. That's a fact. And there are, I think Monty Orsadoff is, is there in Tennessee as well. He was with us in New England. So I, I have a sense that, you know, from what people tell me, he was referring to Tannehill. But I, I, you know, like, look, I could see Brady going in there and liking Tennessee, Arthur Smith's offense. You know, you got Derrick Henry. You've got some skilled players around them. Wasn't the best skill, but it wasn't as good as Tampa. I always, my logic was he wanted to stay on the eastern seaboard. And Nashville, I guess, is close enough to the eastern seaboard. Immediately, everybody, obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo started trending. No. And immediately, I, without a San I never thought it was Jimmy G. I never thought it was Jimmy G because, you know, A, Tom likes, Tom likes Jimmy, and B, they just came off the Super Bowl. So how do you make that, that really tough statement? I mean, where at least with Tennessee, you just got your doors blown off by Kansas City. Right in the conference championship game that Derrick Henry carried you to with his running skills, you know, and so and Brady had just lost to Tennessee when they scored 14 points before his interception. 
going back the other way. Remember that Logan Ryan sure. put it in the end zone. So I mean, I could say, look, you know, I'm Brady's probably thinking if you would have had better quarterbacking play, you'd have blown us out that day. Listen, I I hate to do this, but all you have to do is pull out the phone right now and text him. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you can't put them in that spot. What we no. do know, what we do know. Although the barbershop's a great thing. I mean, uh, you know, it's funny that, that you talked. I didn't realize that was the genesis behind the Lamar, the, 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 uh, the, uh, uh, LeBron's show. I, I mean, as a son of a barber, you know, I, I, I'm opening the book up, my new book. I'm opening it up with literally debating about players in the barbershop because that's what 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 would happen at a barbershop. It that the show is actually quite brilliant because. First off, you have to be okay with the F word because every other word's the F word, but it is supposed to resemble what it's like to walk in and chop it up at Barbershop Mike's Barbershop, where you know sometimes the conversations can get heated and loose. Mm. And that's when Brady went, Brady's so calculated, he went there with that quote. You know that <laughs> this this oh, he's, yeah, he's look, and everybody says is Brady just you know is this because he wants to be anti? I think Brady just enjoys this part of his life yes. being able to you know he doesn't have to worry about the culture anymore. He no. doesn't have to worry about the the culture that he invented. He doesn't have to worry about. It, that's hilarious the way you put it, which is true. He's enjoying the rebrand. You know this yeah. this this next step. He, I think he's having fun with it. He's on social. He's older. I think he is. He's enjoying the rebrand of Tom Brady. No, I think there's no doubt he is. Yeah, it's it's just funny that like that quote came out and just how certain people can absolutely have such an impact on everything. So you just see Jimmy Garoppolo, you're like, okay, what happened? And then there's always this like spiders into these offshoots that Brady says something. And Brady's so it's smart because nobody can get mad at him. Because he's like, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> I'm talking yeah. about, nobody, nobody can pinpoint. The person that knows is Giselle. Uh, maybe let me text her. Hold on. Yeah, you text her. Go ahead. Let's see. Giselle. Hey, G, hey, G. <laughs> no. I'm sure Bill Berman knows, too. Other than Giselle, <laughs> Bill Berman knows, too. It's okay. It was, like, it was 100%. Um, or anything NFL-wise, we're a little slow right now. I was, I oh, was it's calm. the perfect time of the year, yeah. I oh. mean, other than Frank Clark carrying guns around, I mean, it's the it's the slow time of the year. I was, yeah, what's know? going on? Oh, uh, or, or, yeah, Frank Clark with the guns, and how about your boy Caruso with the weed in Texas? What the hell? Yeah, I mean, I just was – Stephanie just told me that one. I'm like, you know, you, I, 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 you know sometimes common sense is not common. <laughs> did, you, did you make that up? Because I like that. No, it's all, it's been around. Uh, I stole that from somebody. Mr. Mr. Baseball, I wanted to get your thoughts yes. on um, the, the fact that the sport's gone magic, Mike. People are taking off their pants on the mound and strip teasing. Like, the idea that Manfred thought, and Manfred came out yesterday and said, I think this is going well after two days. The idea that Manfred thought implementing a rule 70 games in with these A-type personalities that just go, you know how habitual athletes are. They just go habit, habit, condition, condition. So he throws a rule in, and now you've got Scherzer, and then you've got Girardi wanting to fight the Nats. You've got Scherzer taking off his pants. You've got Sergio Romo taking off his pants. I mean, it's just, it's become a mock. It's a clown show. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's the problem when you put rules in the beginning of the season. I mean, don't you want to work the kinks of it out in spring training? Like what happened? How did this idea come across his desk? Oh, that sounds good. Let's put that in. I mean, it sounds like it was the way Doc Rivers was, was substituting off his bench in this, in, in, in the, in the playoffs. Yeah. Like it had no rhyme or reason to it. Like, let's get some, like, let's understand what we're doing before we implement it. It, it, it fascinated me and something else that we were just talking about Simmons and the potential you brought up Jalen Suggs, the, the, the point guard yeah. who everybody's going to love. How about the fact that my Pistons landed the number one overall pick a team that yeah. for 12 years has been mired in mediocrity. The place you don't want to be in building a team is in the middle in the NBA because you can't get anywhere. You make the, you make the postseason at 41 and 41. That does nothing for you, but they're going to get Cade Cunningham here. That was pretty exciting. Well, they're going to get Cunningham or Suggs. I think that's the decision they're going to have to make. I mean, I think Suggs is really thought highly of in this draft. I mean, he's he's really athletic, f former football player, quarterback, good body. I mean, Cunningham is dynamic. Did you know Larry Brown, the former 76er coach, was the reason he went to Oklahoma State? Cade Cunningham and Larry Brown have a great relationship. 
And Larry's done a lot of work with Cade Cunningham, working on his game, helping the kid out, kind of encouraged him to not go to the G League, to go to Oklahoma State and get some exposure and, and become a better player than going in the G League. And I think he clearly ha has influenced this young man. So it'll be fascinating. I think Detroit probably will sit there between Jalen Suggs and Cade Cunningham. I'm sure they're going to lean towards Cunningham. I think the question they have to ask themselves and answer is, is Cunningham athletic enough is he athletic? He's a good athlete, don't get me wrong. But is he athletic enough to do what he wants to do in the pro game? We learned that with Evan Turner, right? Evan Turner was a nice player at Ohio State, a nice player. You know, I think he vertical jumped like 28 inches. You know, he was not a superior athlete. And so all the things he accomplished at Ohio State never could translate in the pro game when the athleticism really increased. Now, I'm not saying that's the case with Kay Cunningham, but I am saying that's something to investigate. Jalen Green apparently is by far the best athlete in the draft, you know, in terms of he has the potential to really go. Evan Mobley's a seven-foot player that can play on the perimeter, which is really what people want. However, you know, what happens now in the game, when people go small, and if you can't defend everybody, if you can't switch it like Milwaukee did in the fourth quarter, then you get into a lot of problems. See, it's the same sport, football and basketball. Multi-dimensional players always end up being the best players for you, not specific positioned. So when you get a kid like Suggs, who's multi-dimensional, you know, and he can switch on everything and play, or Cunningham, if he can do all those things, that's why they're so highly thought of. Mobley's going to have to answer that. You know, the, the, the seven-footer looks great, and he can shoot threes, but what happens on the defensive end? You know, the other thing that bothers me, Patrick, when we talk about all this is how Atlanta has done a marvelous job of hiding Trey Young on defense. Yeah, very well very well put. They've got kind of those two big bigs that are athletic with Capella and Collins. They do, well, such and they a... put them on. They put them on PJ Tucker, and they know he's not going to do anything with them. Yeah, like Milwaukee needs to figure out. Philly never did. I mean, here's what I would say. Here's where I give McMillan a ton of credit. McMillan in the last three games of the series, starting in this in the fourth quarter of Game Five, all the way through losing Game Six and then winning Game Seven, he made Seth Curry pay a price for playing defense. They went after Seth Curry on every single set. They made him play. That's why Herder had an incredible game. He, they couldn't guard him. Yeah. Right. But then at the other end of the court, the Sixers never engaged Trey Young in any any defense. Like it never transposed itself. The Sixers get Curry exposed, but they can't expose Trey Young. Meanwhile, Milwaukee can't expose Trey Young because he's just going to guard B.J. Tucker. You know, we got to give credit to Josh because Josh, did, how long ago was that, Steph, when he said it was minus 500 on Cade Cunningham to go one overall? A, a couple of weeks ago, he's now minus 2,000. He's been saying that. He's been saying that for a long, long time. I mean, yeah. he's been his number one choice all along, right? Yeah, and he said, jump on the number because this number is going to get crazy. Well, guess what? It's now minus 2,000. And you understand why 6'8", playmaking point guard, can defend shot 40% from three in college. So we get the Cade Cunningham situation. Uh, the, it's interesting because... There are going to be teams, like, for example, you know Oklahoma City has, like, 17 first-rounders over the next four years? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredible. So there might be, I think, where the Pistons are sitting, they have a lot of, hey, you want to dance? Let's dance in them. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, the, I guess what the Pistons have to answer is, is how do they want to build their team? And I'm sure they're looking at Killian Hayes saying, who matches up well with oh. him on the roster? Ugh. They drafted him, Patrick. I Don't, know. Uh, I was so bummed know, out. I was, they like, have a vested oh. interest in him. I know. They have a vested interest in him. And so that, that's what happens is you start building. It's like I could never forget. I never forget this one draft. It was Chester McLaughlin. I think it was 92. We were in the new building in Cleveland. And the great Dom God rest his soul, he went to Clemson, and he loved Chester McLaughlin. And Chester McLaughlin was one of the most dominating college football players you'd ever seen in your life. I mean, literally, he was a man amongst boys. He threw people around like nothing. But he was really, really hard to coach and didn't care about football very much and didn't want to play very hard. God rest his soul, too. And so we set the board. The first player that we did to set the board was on Chester McLaughlin. The board was wrong from that point on. And I kept arguing with Dom. Dom, we've set the board to the player that we don't really have right. So what happens is when you don't set the board to the right player, when you don't have it graded correctly, 
or you don't have the right guy on your team or you don't evaluate your own team like, you know, then you get into serious problems. Let me ask you this, though, okay? So you're the Pistons, and they traded for Sadiq Bey, very good. Isaiah Stewart, very good. Jeremy Grant, who Jeremy Grant now almost becomes, you don't want his usage to be so high. But let me ask you this. You're Troy Weaver, the general manager of the Pistons, and you need a lot of pieces, but you're staring at Cade Cunningham, who can be your conductor for the next 15 years, a guy that immediately makes you better and becomes that leader. He does everything on the court. However, it's enticing because there's going to be teams like Oklahoma City who may be able to offer a ton of future assets. How do you, do you just take the player now or do you keep dabbling with these assets? Assuming that Oklahoma City wants to trade for wants to trade up, you know, I think what you have to really be able to do is you've, you've got to be able to sit there and say, OK, where's our team going to be in two years? And who do, what are the pieces we want around our team in two years? That, that's really what we got to do. That's what we have to answer. And once we can answer that question, then let's start building this thing. But we got to make damn sure we're right, setting the board the right way. You know, we said it earlier, and I'm thinking now, Houston's two. They're going to take the big Mobley from USC. That's my guess. Jalen Green. I was watching Jalen Green on YouTube because where else am I supposed to watch him? He went from high school to the G League. He's freaking, he could be, his scoring abilities are going to be crazy. 6'5", you know, combo guard. Cleveland already has those guards, though. I think Cleveland's in a spot where they may, Suggs doesn't make sense. They got Sexton and Garland. They're in a very interesting spot there. Yeah, they are. I mean, look, I I think that, you know, that's where I, you know, look, it's not Maury's style to trade for young players. Maury's style is to get get older, get experienced players that come in. So, you know, would they would would Houston trade for Simmons? Well, I don't think they could trade. Cleveland's got those pieces. So, you know, I mean, Cleveland could trade down to or Oklahoma City Thunder. But I think this, I think if I'm Sam Presti and I have all these picks, I'm going to be really careful to give them away. Like, you know, it's like, how do you become a millionaire? You, because you've, you've been a good job of saving money. That's how. Well, and how do you get rich with draft picks? You save them. Like, why would I trade up? Like, why would I trade from three to one to get Fultz? Call Danny Gaines' bluff and say, you pick Tatum at one. The Fultz thing still stings, huh? Oh, it's ridiculous. It, it violates everything you believe in in general managership. Like, call the bluff. Figure it out. That's your job. You're in the information business. What was Danny Ainge going to do? He was never picking Fultz. You knew that. The NBA never duplicates positions. They don't just take the best player. They, they're never going to do that. Actually, I misspoke. You don't care that the 76ers took Fultz. You're a Heat fan. No, it's a lesson I've learned, and I want to share it with the audience, and I want to talk about it. <laughs> no, but you're, you're, you're a Miami Heat fan, so Dade Co- Wade I County. Yeah. Wait, I am. Uh, why'd, I you am. Pick, why'd, you pick, why'd you pick the Heat, not the Pistons? Mentally tough. Yeah, that's Supposed true. To, they're all tough. They have physical and mental toughness. I hear you, bro. I'm just Why saying. should I root for a soft team? Why should I root for a team I, that I, I care I get more a, about than you they think, do? You're going to pay Embiid super max money to, like, at, no, 30, I'm not. at 35 my years team. <laughs> No, I'm not. They're not my team. You think I want to watch him for another three? I'm done. The, I'm done. The best was I I'm heard done in a with commercial. The, I'm done commercial, with the old, Michael you know, Lombardi. I got to put my hands up. Yeah. Lombardi's son called Michael, and he was like, how you doing, Dad? He's like, I'm great. I've never been better. Yeah, I'm it. over this team. <laughs> I'm over this team. We got to get into game three. The Suns are favored on the road. Should they be? We'll find out next. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM as we welcome you back. Steph training Britain. Britain, we got a good one here. By the way, I was talking to Michael Lombardi, of course. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. So I heard Michael introduce himself to Britain, our new producer, and, and Michael was joking about the fact that he's not great with names. And I was thinking about it driving in. So Boston's hiring a new coach. But I was going to say to you, I'm not great with names. You're better with them. Can you pronounce the new? No, no chance. <laughs> I don't know. No chance. I apologize to the gentleman getting hired, uh, um, but I have a hard time with his he name. He was a Sixer coach last I year. I know he, he was. was. up for the Sixer job before Doc got it. Uh, well-liked. Al Horford loves him. I mean, he came in was it, when San Antonio with, with uh, Pop and then came in uh, to Philly. Uh, and yep. they really liked him. He interviewed him, and I, and I think that, you know, he'll be a nice fit for Brad Stevens. They'll work hard together. Yep, absolutely. Very well respected. If we could say circles. his name. But we, I'm not even going to try it because it's going to be disrespectful. Um, so I gave yes. you the stat, and this was – I want to know your thoughts on tonight. 
Suns are laying a point, and I told you, Scott Spritzer, who does a great job, he, he sent me the angle, which is just crazy if you think about it. O- o- since like 2016, NBA playoff road favorites, 51-25-2 ATS. Is this, like, where are you here? Paul's coming back. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm at, I'm at, look, Paul's back. We still don't know where Kawhi is. If he's in San Diego, he's in the MIA program. We have no idea, right? We don't yeah. even know what the we don't even know what the injury is. I mean, we don't know what level is it a torn ACL? What is it? Like seriously, what is it? Hmm. So you know, we got Paul back. Booker's not shooting thirty three percent. I'm going to break that to you. That's going to be that's a, that's going to be an action update. We can get Ron Flatter <laughs> to do that one. He ain't shooting thirty three percent again. No. I can tell you that right no. now. Okay, no, that ain't happening. So, you know, when you look at this, I mean, you know, Phoenix played out there in April 8th and and lost by 10, uh, but that was a different Clippers team. Who played at that time? I I mean, for me, I just think you have to go by what you've seen. I know it was so close, and the the inbounds pass was just so close, and I thought, uh, you know, Boogie Cousins did a bad job of defending in that area, but... You know, are they going to have enough weapons? Is Reggie Jackson going to go off? Is Are we going to see Terrence Mann having a, a duplication of what he did a few games ago when all the odds were against him? To me, it's hard for me to bet against the fact that Booker didn't play well and Chris Paul didn't play, and yet the Suns still won. Here's where I'll say I know what you're – I know you've been killing it with these unders. So 104-103 obviously stayed under. How about this? The unders 12 and 5 in the Clippers last 17 games following a loss. You got a total of 221 and a half. Are you feeling that under tonight? I love the unders. I mean, the under makes sense in this game because, you know, it, it was under by 15 points in the last game. And, you know, and, and Aiton's not going to shoot 12 or 15 from the fl- field. And, and, and I can't believe that campaign's going to go off for 29 points again. I mean, campaign basically replaced, you know, Paul, that's what he did, you know? I, and I think the Clippers did play great defense against Booker with Patrick Beverly hounding him the whole time. But I don't know if he's going to go out. I think Paul will control the pace. He hasn't played in a while. But I, I've, I've said this all series. Pitts Phoenix's defense doesn't get enough credit. They, they've, they've, and they've only given up more than 109 points only twice in 12 playoff games. Let's take it a step further. The Phoenix defense is particularly good at defending the three. They were the fifth best in the league at defending the three. The team that shoots the three at the best percentage in the league is the Clippers. Also, this is not a good matchup for the Clippers right now. The Suns. It doesn't look like it. It really does. Look at this number, Michael. 114-64. 114-64. That's how much the Suns have outscored the Clippers in the paint. Yeah, I mean, everybody's expecting the Clippers to come back. Do they have enough gas in their tank? Without Leonard, can they come back? It, you know what? How weird this sounds. The Clippers have to keep Zubak out of foul trouble because when Cousins is on the floor, the Clippers are allowing 138 points per 100 possessions, and Aiton yeah, is eating Boogie. them alive. He's not the same. He's not the same player he once was. I oh, feel oh, so no. bad for the guy. No, I mean, he had terrible. I mean, that guy injuries. was great at one time. That guy was great at one time. But it's a shame. Your point about the defense. It's just the more this plays out, and that's all being said with the Clippers probably should have won game two, and they didn't play great, but it just, it doesn't, Paul coming back is scary if you're a Clipper fan. I mean, if you hold Booker to under 35%, right, you hold him under 35%, you got to win that game. And there's no Chris Paul, you got to win that game. You have to win that game. That, that that's worse than the other two O2 holes. Like yep, that game right. was yours to win and the Clippers you can't keep going to the same well. You that's know? right. You know, it's it's I'm looking forward to the game because it, it would be so great if Kawhi Kawhi's just in San Diego. He's like you. He's got a toe in the sand. He's got a beach in his head. He's got he I guarantee you he has a kitchen in his backyard. Apple bombs next here, Lombardi line. <laughs> any parts of this show any shows follow the money numbers game Lombard line of course 
Beating the Book, Market Insights, PGA Tour Betting Previews, Ron Flatter's Racing Pod. It's all there, Hardwood Handicappers. It's all free. VEASAN.com slash podcast. You can listen to all the VEASAN shows for free. It's VEASAN.com slash podcast. Speaking of which, Market Insights drops every day, noon on the East Coast. That's right over there at VEASAN.com slash podcast. The host is Josh Applebaum. He joins Michael Lombardi and myself, or is it me? I don't know. I'm Patrick. Welcome <laughs> at vcin.com. You can find all the information. And of course, Josh, Josh, we gave you credit earlier. And then I think we want to fight with you, but we gave you credit earlier okay. because you said Kate Cunningham minus 500, like a couple of weeks ago, you said, get on it now. It sounds like a lot. It's now up to minus 2000. So congrats. Good job by you. Ooh. Given the, given the better, some good information there, my friend. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Michael. I'm just trying to keep up with my mentor, Michael Lombardi. I'm trying to always get that Zach Wilson second overall pick. Remember when Michael <laughs> shouted that out, like minus 150, he ended up getting to like minus 2000. So yeah. I'm just trying to keep pace, guys. But Patrick, seriously, how you feeling? You're a long-suffering Pistons fan. Cunningham coming to Detroit. You must be feeling good, my friend. Well, I, I work with a Heat fan. Did you know that? Uh, anyway, um, I I was mm-hmm. literally, I didn't realize I was doing my other show. I was on the air when that happened. I got so excited. I was like, I didn't realize I still cared. But when the when I saw the Rockets come out of the envelope, I was like, oh my gosh, I care. Because I was like really excited. That Because think about it this way, Michael and Josh. For the next 15 years, my experience watching the Pistons has now completely changed because Cunningham. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, that's what happens. That's why, you know, <laughs> and then if you don't blow the pick, like like typically my former team that I liked you would typically do, <laughs> you know, and you get Sharon Wright or you get some bad player that you're like, oh, my God, how did I get that guy? But trust the process, the Patrick. Process. You, you've got the first pick in the draft. <laughs> trust the process. Trust the reality. Guy, Have you trademarked trust that, that? Trust that Golden State won't get two players better than you. Have you trademarked trust, trust the gold- reality yet? Not yet, no. But here's what I would say to you. What are the odds on Josh Applebaum? Uh-oh. Riddle me this, <laughs> Batman. What are the odds that the Golden State Warriors get two players three years from now at 7-14 and 14 that end up being better than one? Good. Oh, we're, we're going to have to see. I, I think Cunningham to me, I guys, know we're going to have is, to see. I want yeah. the odds. What do you think? I mean, I I would say I, mean, I know we can't minus, predict it today, but you and I both know that that's a, that that could that would be four to five to one. I want to get Gable on that. That that that's a pretty good bet right there. I'm with you, Michael. I would put it maybe minus 500 that Kate Cunningham will be the best player in the draft. You, you never know. They're busts all the time. But Patrick, this is a guy that I sweated a lot of Oklahoma State games throughout the college basketball season, and I watched a lot of basketball. And this is a guy that, to me, is a mini Jason Tatum. 6'8", uh, has got a high basketball IQ, can shoot. We all know, uh, Michael, I won't get you started on Simmons, but shooting is key in today's NBA game. He can stroke it really? from the middle. He can shoot it from three. He can drive. Yeah. And really? comes and Michael, Naismith, I thought, I thought we were banned from, the ball from Trust the Process. Na- Naismith wanted the ball in the peach basket. I never knew that. Damn, that's something every day. I didn't know that. And I agree with you, Josh. Also, he comes in already wanting to defend. I mean, he does defend, and he's got the length, which you want at that position. 6'8", a playmaking point guard. I'm I'm excited. Look, it's been 12 years. I like years. Suggs. I, I like Suggs as well, but I think Cunningham can be a shapeshifter for this organ. 13 years. Now, but to your point about Suggs, Suggs is interesting because there he is to be the number one overall pick. He's your second best favorite actually at 14 to one Josh which surprises me but what Michael likes about Suggs I can guarantee you is the intangibles is the toughness love them to death yeah toughness good family you know you know kind of does everything you know I I think this kid this kid's going to be great I'm not saying Cunningham's not but I mean you get a point guard now he doesn't shoot great I mean he's going to have to work on that but you know he's going to work on that you know he's going to be he's got and he's got an NBA body already yeah I mean, this kid's 19 years old. I mean, it's. I mean, if you're if you're the Houston Rockets, you want to build your team around it. It looks good to me. He just Cunningham's going to make everybody better when he steps on on the wood, which to me immediately. Josh, you have an update actually um, on Florida and legalizing uh, betting down there, which would be huge. Yep. Yeah, huge update. Here, guys, and Michael, I know you take some vacations out there. Maybe next time you get down, maybe starting next year, you can play some wagers because we saw something really big happen yesterday. If you if you turn back the clock 
you go back to May 19th earlier this year, uh, there were, there was a big thing that happened. Governor Ron DeSantis signed a new gaming compact with the Seminole tribes, and we were saying, wow, this is going to happen. They're going to legalize sports betting in Florida. Why is that important? Because Florida is the third biggest state in the country, 21 million people, tons of pro and college teams, just a massive market that would become the biggest domino yet to fall in the legalization of sports betting. But then everything has been on hold, guys. It's been in purgatory here. It's in limbo. You're now going through this process of legal challenges. They have to get approval from the federal government, the Department of the Interior. So this thing is on hold for a while. So you got excited and you're like, oh, this may not happen. It may even get disapproved, not approved overall. But here's the thing. Yesterday, two of the biggest operators in sports betting, DraftKings and FanDuel, came out in support and pushing this huge campaign to get sports betting as a ballot initiative in the 2022 midterm election. So uh, with these big heavy hitters behind it, you need to get a, around a million signatures, which they'll easily do. And then what you have to do is get 60% of the vote in next year's midterm elections. But this is massive, guys, and it kind of takes away sports betting from the lawmakers, from the courts. It puts it in the hands of the citizens of Florida. And everything you're, you're, you're hearing right now is that this ballot initiative has already been approved. Uh, to get on the ballot, the Secretary of State is going to announce this pretty shortly. So next November, Michael, we could put it up to the people. And uh, fingers crossed, 60, we got to win. This is like Billy Walters. We got to get him clips that 60% win rate in Florida. And I think you got a pretty good shot at it. You might have legalized betting next November in Florida. That'd be awesome. I mean, it would be tremendous. And hopefully that happens. I mean, I don't understand what the reluctance is, because as I've been saying on this program for some time now, you know, we're going to have to pay for the COVID problems. I mean, like we keep yeah. giving people money. We keep adding on to unemployment. Did we, we do? We had to do it. Understand that we had to do it. But somebody's got to pay for it. At some point, you got to pay. And some of the profits that these states can make from legalized gambling will help compensate that without having to tax the, the general public. And I would like to say, you mentioned two companies. I'm a big DraftKings guy. I know you two are yeah, as me well. Too. <laughs> yeah, me we, too. I love DraftKings. <laughs> now, Josh, uh, we'll come back. You've got hockey. You've got player props. You've got everything. you got baseball. What's going on in Massachusetts as far as legalizing? So, Patrick, uh, again, it's like this is like everybody except my state's legalizing, but we're getting close. There was actually a huge meeting last week where, uh, you know, the nerd that I am, Patrick, I was live streaming it for the Mass.gov site. I was, everyone was tuning in, and here I am in the afternoon, and I'm, uh, I'm getting all excited because all these people coming up on board talking. Everyone is saying, got to have it, got to have it, got to have it. So, again, we're waiting for the lawmakers to make it happen, but uh, it's, it's, it's not a question of if, Patrick, it's when, and hopefully it's soon. I just always think you can help schools you can help kids yep. like this is yep. like, i mean seriously it's not that, it's not that it's complicated, not that complicated it's, it's no you, you nailed it and you're right about that covid stuff all right we come back we got plenty of picks hockey included coming next with michael lombardi and josh applebaum here on the lombardi line presented by betmgm it's vsin the sports betting network The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. 
the initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Suns tonight, a dollar to win a hundred. Okay, you got to be a new customer over at BetMGM. Again, paid for in free bets, but it's a hundred bucks. VSIN 100 is the bonus code. Flippers or Suns hit a three. Visit betmgm.com or download the BetMGM app. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1 800 522 4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, Washington, D.C. 1 800 2707 117 for help in Michigan. 1 800 Gambler in Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia. 1 800 Bets Off in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text Redline 800 889 9789. Indiana 1 800 with it. Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. I'm Patrick. He's Michael Lombardi. Josh Applebaum joins. And, fellas, just quickly on the hockey. So, just yeah. if you're going to bet tonight, Michael, if you're going to bet on VGK in Montreal laying $1.40, well, you're going to bet them in game seven. You're going to lay a bigger price in game seven. So, again, just to reset what we talked about earlier, and Josh, you can comment on this as well, please. Like, it's right now plus 155 for Vegas to win the series. You might as well just take the plus money because you know if you're laying a price on the road tonight, you're going to come back and bet them in game seven, right? So, just right. go ahead and go plus 150, 155 on it, Josh. Patrick, I'm right there with you. Really smart, uh, Stu, comment by you because I think we're all, almost always laser focused on tonight and tonight's number. But again, if you believe in VGK, you're going to get a much better payout, payout taking that series price for them to come back, win tonight, win tomorrow. Because think, you're going to lay a minus 140 tonight. You go to game seven in VGK, it's pro they're probably going to be minus 200, a huge number like that. So you're getting a better number overall if you're doing the series price. And Patrick, just one note for tonight. And Michael, get your take on this one as well. I'm looking at another underplay tonight, guys. Uh, a lot of these books right now, now, they're hovering between five and five and a half. Uh, you've seen uh, unders come through so far in the playoffs. When the total is five and a half, the unders 31 and 21, 60%. You've had series totals of five, 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 three, and five. So this, this speaks to the importance of getting the hook with these plays instead of pushing, winning with the hook. You also get both teams good to the under. Montreal's 9-4-3 and three to the under this playoffs. BGK is 9-6-3 and three to the under. You also get game six, game seven. You get deeper into the series. 
cash last night with the hook on the under five and a half. And I would just say, if you're at a book with a five, shop around and look if there's a tab on your sports book or your odds page uh, where there's a little plus sign where you can go to alternate lines. You can find a five and a half. It's going to be juiced. It's around minus 150. It's a high number here. But, Michael, I'm going to go under. Uh, we're going to have to see who the goalie is tonight. It may be Leonard, maybe Flurry. I don't have confirmation on that yet. But I'm looking at another underplay in a pivotal game here tonight, Michael. It's Leonard, according to my sheets. Yeah, it is going to be Leonard. On earlier. Yep. It's right. Leonard. I mean, and I'm going to go with Carey Price. I mean, he looks like a playoff MVP for the Canadians. So I think with both goalkeepers playing really well and the fact that Mark Stone has struggled to score a point against that, against them in the whole series, I like the under. I'll take the under at five. I'll stand there. Maybe it's two to one, three one. You know, I, I don't know who's going to win. I, I would rather play the under than play the game. Yeah, this is these games have gotten so freaking tight. Even last night, you pushed. It's just like uh, these Golden Knight Canadians games. Uh, again, I was shocked. And Cheryl, shout to Cheryl, my neighbor. She was shocked by by Game Five's results as well. But I agree with Michael, and I agree with you as well, Josh. It, that, if I can get the five and a half under, I'd be throwing a party. Uh, there you see a VGK plus 155 of Montreal right now, minus 190 uh, as far as the series price. But you're laying a dollar 40 in Montreal tonight. Okay, Josh, let's transition into uh, Sun's clip. And I, I don't know if you heard a little bit earlier. I'm just going to repeat this because this is for you. You love it. NBA playoff road favorites are 51, 25, and 2 ATS since like 2016. And we have that situation with the Suns laying a point on the road here. Paul is back. Yeah, so Patrick Michael, to me, all this line movement, everything is contingent and based upon Chris Paul being back in the lineup. Remember, he missed the last two games due to the COVID protocols. Uh, Suns didn't need him in game one. You know, they won 120-114, covered the four, and they just squeaked out that winner with that DeAndre Ayton layup at the buzzer, 104-103, although the Clippers did cover that one, the four and a half. So guys, what I'm seeing with this one, uh, number one, I am nervous because the Suns are the public play tonight. I think you know, based on uh, the market, you're getting about two-thirds of bets on the Suns, and it's kind of like, hey, how do you not take Phoenix with Chris Paul back, a team that's played great? The Suns in this spot, 9-3 and three ATS in the playoffs, 6-1 and one ATS as a favorite. The last game they didn't cover as a favorite. That was the first time in the playoffs they didn't cover as a favorite. But, guys, a lot of these books open around a pick em. You know, some shops are minus one Clippers, minus one Suns, but mostly a consensus pick em. And with Chris Paul being upgraded to probable here, you've seen the, the, the number jump the fence to Suns minus one. Now, to me, Michael, I got a lot of systems here on the, as Patrick mentioned, favorites five or less, road favorites, favorites with a line move. Uh, as of now, I am leaning Suns as a money line play. But, Michael, I'm getting nervous because the, the contrarian side would be the Clippers. So I don't want to walk into another, you know, Nets and Durant versus Bucks play here. But it does look like all movement toward uh, the Suns in this one. So I'll ask you, do you like the Suns tonight? And then also, how do they react after that devastating loss? Again, Paul George misses the free throws. You know, did they have the mental toughness to bounce back in the spot? Or is it, hey, you're getting a good number of the Suns? Lay it with Phoenix tonight. I, I think the Clippers are mentally tough. You're not down 2-0 to both series and come back if you don't have mental toughness. And, and I think I think the Clippers walk out of Phoenix and saying, we gave them the game. They didn't win it. We gave it to them. And if we just continue to play defense on on – on Booker, we know we know Paul's going to be a problem. But you know, look, let's face it. Cameron Payne got 29 points. Could he have played any better? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Paul's back, but you know, Payne had 29 in the last game. I, I'm leaning towards the Clippers here. I, I I think this is one of those where I think you'll see a heart. I think you'll see them hunch, uh, hunch their back, and I think they'll come out. And I don't know what player, whether it's Jackson, whether it's Mann, whether it's actually Paul George, but I, I think they'll play better. I worry about Morris not being able to play, but, you know, they've got to be able a- – Aiton's not going to shoot 12 for 15 again. There's just no way. And Booker's not going to shoot 33, but if he shoots 36, you still have a chance to win. So I'm leaning towards the Clippers just more as a contrarian because I, I, I think – at the series price and where it is, I think they'll win a game. Now, do I think they can win game four? Probably not, but I think they'll win game three. And that crowd is the best I've ever seen for a Clippers game in game seven against Utah. So maybe there's going to be some juice there. They're going to have full capacity. Um, so who knows? It's it's Now the total, Josh, you know, we didn't even come close to it in game two. Was it 207? It's now set at 221 and a half. You got anything here on the total? 
this the total's tough for me, Patrick and Michael, because number one, it did rise a lot. But again, I don't know if this was sharp money or just Chris Paul being upgraded or probable because it did open 218 and a half and bet up to 221 and a half. And I have some conflicting systems here. So number one, if you look at uh, when the total is 220 or more, this playoffs, just this playoffs, the over is about 57%. We've seen kind of these higher end totals go over. But then my conflicting system would be when the total is 220 or higher in the conference finals, the under is actually 10 and 2 over the last decade. And remember, you go back, you know, five, you know, six, seven years ago, you didn't really get 220s in the playoffs. So you're seeing this, you know, higher totals with. Uh, offense really taking over here. You know, the other thing I would look at, Michael, is uh, what do you think about the first quarter number? Because, Patrick, this is something that you and I uh, have talked about before. It's kind of fishy. You know, the Suns are a one-point favorite for the game, but the Clippers are a half-point favorite for the first quarter. And we know that one of these favorite wise guy systems over the fat, you know, past few years, you know, it was a wise guy play every time. The public's kind of gotten onto it a bit. But when you're down 0-2 coming home that first quarter, you're juiced up, you're ready to go. You tend to cover those first quarter numbers. Uh, so the fact that they're a half-point favorite for the first quarter, yet a one-point dog for the game. Michael, would you be intrigued by that first quarter, you know, get a lead by a point or more with the Clips? You know, last night uh, I thought Milwaukee would come out strong in the first quarter. They were up by three, you know, and that was – I don't know what the line was in that game, but I thought that – but they missed so many damn shots that, you know, you could easily have covered that had they made just a few or a couple open looks too. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's hard. I do think the Clippers will come out strong, uh, but I do – I think the Clippers are smart enough to understand this is about pace. This is about being there in the fourth quarter. You know, and we've seen them come back Utah. I mean, when they had to beat Utah in game three or game four, Utah had that huge lead. They got out in front in the first quarter, and the Clippers just methodically came back, and they were able to do that. So I'm not as big on the first quarters because I think you're trying to predict, A, streak shooting, and B, the motivation of the team. And sometimes those two things don't go hand in hand. Josh, you're going to play a couple of props tonight too, huh? Couple props. I'm getting into the props here, Pritch and Michael. You know, I or I'm, I work with Pritch, and we talk about prop betting, and uh, I'm kind of dabbling a little bit. So two that I'll throw at you, Michael. Number one, DeAndre Ayton. I know you said you don't expect him to shoot that well tonight, but uh, his over/under points is 15 and a half. It's juiced up a little bit over minus 113 at DraftKings. But this is a guy. He scored 24 and 20 in the first two games of the series, playing with a lot of confidence. You got to feel like he's riding high after that game-winning dunk. Uh, so the over 15 and a half for Aiton caught my eye. And then Michael, Reggie Jackson. If you dive into Reggie yeah. Jackson's three-point shooting, Crazy. unbelievable. His over-under is two and a half, Patrick. Uh, it's minus 180 to the over. It's a big number here. But he's gone over two and a half threes in four straight games in 13 of his last 15, Michael. I like that. I like the Reggie Jackson over three. I think he's got to have a big game. I think he's capable of it. I think, you know, I think Terrence Mann will have a game. I think they're home, they're comfortable. And look, I just think they walked off that court, you know, saying to themselves, we let one slip away. I don't think they were deterred by that. Now, I think they, they've got to win this one. they got to get this one. And I think the hardest game of the series could be game four. They need, you know, you just nailed it, I believe, because – the Clippers, they need Morris, they need Mann, and they need Batum to be what they were against Utah. And again, they didn't. Have, those three didn't do anything in games one and two, and they almost won. They only lost by six in game one, and almost won game two. I'm sorry, Michael. I think Michael's convinced me on the Clippers tonight. Josh, on the way out, baseball. Yeah, a couple of baseball plays, Michael. See if you like either of these. Big steam on the Toronto Blue Jays at home. They're playing Baltimore. Toronto open around minus 160. They're almost up to minus 200. You're not getting the best number now, but big steam on the Jays. Uh, you also get Baltimore 9-16 and 16 against lefties. They're going up against uh, K today. And then also Baltimore, one of the worst road teams, 11-25. and 25. Then also the Red Sox. Big money on the Red Sox at Tampa Bay. They split the first two games of this series. This is Pavetta against Waka. Tampa Bay open around minus 125. It's now down. Uh, closing in on a pick here. Tampa Bay is down to like minus 110. That'll be a road division dog. Sharp line move to the Sox. So, Michael, what do you think? Do either the Jays or the Sox intrigue you today or anything else? I like the Astros today. I, I, I'm going to, I think the Astros are going to, you know, I like them tonight. I think they're, they're the bet. I, I kind of have caught my eye on them where they got the Patrick's Detroit team. Thank you. I, I think they'll, they'll take care of that. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. You're, you're, you're Astros. They've become your Astros. <laughs> I like them. I like that. Look at Josh on the Red Sox. Look at you. I like you C-span. Oh, yeah. I like you C-spanning the local government on your computer. That's hilarious, fellas. Enjoy the, your Thursday. <laughs> I'll see you both tomorrow. Thank you, Patrick. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Stephanie. Okay. Have a great one. It's the Lombardi Line. The Nuts is coming up next here on Vsin.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.